0: This episode is brought to you by Dare to Dream's first official sponsor, and that is me. Gregory Russell Benedict Coaching is sponsoring this episode. And if you want to start taking consistent action towards your biggest dreams, we need to talk. Research shows that simply telling someone else your goals increases the likelihood that you'll accomplish them by 500%. And coaching is the best method and tool I've found for helping you realize your potential. So, If you have a dream and you want to do something about it, visit me at www.GregoryRussellBenedict.com and book a free discovery call with yours truly.
1: Welcome back to the Dare to Dream podcast. My name is Vincent Van Patten. My name is Gregory Russell Benedict. And this is a podcast to inspire you to embark on the adventure of your life. Greg, we got some exciting news this week. Well, the boys are back together. That's always exciting. But last week, I finished the first draft of my book about Europe. Last summer, I went to live in Lisbon, Portugal, where I worked in a hostel for two months. And then I worked on a farm in southern Italy for three weeks. And for the past almost a year, I've been writing my second book about this tale. And it, you know, being in Japan has brought its own difficulties with that, just having a day job and teaching English here, but got her done. Last week, finished the first draft, and we have a myriad of topics we want to talk about today. But the first kind of relates to to this feeling that I had, so... I finished, I was working on it a little bit on my break, the book. And just the first draft I finished, by the way, but it was a big accomplishment. I don't know if I said that already, but working on it out of work. And then on my way home, it's a Saturday night. I'm on the train. I'm surrounded by this motley crew of like a, a homeless guy on the other bench across me with like a huge duffel bag, a couple of kids like yelling. And I'm just like sitting there with my computer on my lap, type the final page dot the final dot cross the t and this just feeling of like pride and accomplishment just energy like soared through me and it was a long day like i was tired but like i was just overwhelmed with disbelief that the fact that i did this thing and there's so many days where you know i questioned why i'm doing it if i could do it and it definitely was not like a clear, you know, clear cut like schedule where I was working on every day. It was pretty much get her done by any means necessary. And I could talk more about just like how I got it done maybe in a little bit. But the point is that that feeling of like being on that train and just being overwhelmed with the sense of I did this thing, like I put my mind to it. And even though it was definitely not easy, like I, I did it. And it was more than just like accomplishment. It was like this joy that I created this tale of like such a memorable experience in my life. And I actually put that into a story that it was more than just like finishing the thing. It was every time I sat down to do it, it just, you know, thinking about that experience, going back to it, it opened up my mind, it inspired me, it made life richer just to have this thing to work on every week that brought me so much joy and I don't know if you have anything to say about that but I'll read the quote next
0: (laughs) first of all I just want to say congratulations that is a huge accomplishment not one book but two books folks the second is on the
1: way on the way thanks brother thank you yeah so it we're both reading this book big magic by Elizabeth Gilbert you are a huge fan of Eat, Pray, Love. I've not one read of my it myself. Favorite books.
0: <laughs> one of my favorite books. I'm not going to lie. I'm actually being serious on this. It is fantastic. And if you don't it is, like it, I don't like you.
1: He is serious. I've actually never even seen the movie either, but it's on my list. So you told me to read this book, Big Magic. And I'm not reading a ton of self-help books this, these days. You know, just not my cup OT, but I'm always down for another book on my creativity and just another pop of inspiration. This book is definitely providing that. So a line that I took away that I really liked, which is, quote, you can live a long life making and doing really cool things the entire time. You might earn a living with your pursuits or you might not, but you can recognize that this is not really the point and at the end of your days you could thank creativity for having blessed you with a charmed interesting passionate experience this totally related to just that feeling that i had of like you know i didn't i didn't quit my day job because i wrote Errors of youth and i'm not going to do it with the second book i have no idea what's going to happen the point of the matter the reason you must dare to dream the reason you must embark (laughs) and start that thing to take that first step with whatever it is that is rattling around in your brain is because it will change the way you see the world and the life you live every day. They'll make your experience richer, more meaningful, more passionate. And if I, you know, if that's the only thing that my life is changed by in the end, by pursuing these things and daring to dream, then I will be happy when it's all said and done, I think.
0: It's a good life. And what I took away from this book is that the reason we make things is to make things. You don't make something with this big, heavy expectation that it's going to be a bestseller or it's going to be this famous painting. Creativity and the act of Creating something from an idea in your mind into the world, whether it's through your hands, it's probably always through your hands, like typing or painting or writing, like all the things, that process of taking something from idea to physical, tangible in the world, like that in and of itself is enough. You don't Mm -hmm. need to attach all this pressure to the outcome. That was my biggest takeaway. I love how she views life, how she views creativity. It's kind Mm. of this optimistic nihilism where nothing really matters. We've talked about this in other episodes. Nothing really matters. And that means that you get to create meaning in your life. You get to decide what matters to you specifically, not what other people care about, not what your parents care about, but what you care about. And then Mm. focus on those things and go have fun and play and create.
1: Yes. And I also took it as like, it's not just creating like not everyone is gonna be an artist where they're creating with their hands or it's something that i think it's just anything that has to do with fear on the other side like if fear is holding you back from this thing because you expect an outcome or you expect that it has to go a certain way that is the thing that you must do like it's it's running a marathon not to achieve the best time but to live an enriched experience of training every day and getting out there at four in the morning in the rain and like that is what changes your life and that is what makes you become a different person it's the act of doing the thing not the ends that makes life worth living
0: and you never know what the end is or where the end is it's just one thing at a time you try this you get introduced to this person they open this door you go on this wild adventure and you never really know where you're headed with it and This phrase we keep throwing about because we love it is live a story worth telling. And I know both of us are of the belief that you must live a story worth telling. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: And the reason is we're all storytellers. We are constantly telling ourselves stories every single day, whether we like it or not. It's the internal chatter. Why not live a story worth telling, not to other people, but to yourself so that when you get to the end of your life and you look back, at what you've done, what you've accomplished, the experiences you've had, the impact you've had on other people's lives, that it's a story that you personally would like to replay in your mind because that's what's going to happen when you're old and you're reminiscing on everything.
1: Mm-hmm. Definitely, definitely. And it's its not even like, I, I, I think Daring to Dream, I, that's why it's still, it still makes me happy that we chose this name because it encaps, encapsulates so much. It's not just creating with your hands it's not just running a marathon it's literally anything that well i'll leave it to matthew mcconaughey to sum it up for us so my mom sent me a pretty funny uh reel and i don't have the heart to tell her i don't watch many reels that she sent to me but <laughs> she's listening to this <laughs> but this one looked good so i checked it out and it's matthew mcconaughey he's sitting there like, on a dock my son is about to go to camp, and I asked son, "What do you hope to get out of camp?" And he looked at me and said, "Daddy, I just want to meet new people, cool do and do cool things." <laughs> He's like, "Damn, son, that is the best reason to do anything in life: meet new people and do cool things." It just goes off on of this like tangent, and it is so true. Like with anything that we do, like if I. So I've been thinking a lot. Just I started the next contract for teaching English in Japan. So I'm here for another year at least. But I know like it's already been almost eight months. I know that time this year is gonna go quick. Like it's gonna be a lot of things happening and life always goes pretty quick. And so I'm already thinking, like, damn, like I know i I'm certain Like I cannot work a desk job. Like I think it's playing a part in like a big part of my, my back and just like, I can't do it. I'm not made for it. And I'm like, so what am I going to do? And I just thinking like, take the pressure off. If, if I just have experience after experience, something's going to land eventually. And why not just keep trying to meet new people and do cool things, keep getting out there, keep daring to dream. And that's why Dare to Dream is so like impactful and why it can mean anything. If you're just getting out there, if you're trying, that is Dare to Dream. It doesn't mean you have to be painting like Michelangelo. It means that you're not settling, especially at our age, which I think takes us to the next point.
0: Two things is that you can live an artistic life without ever creating art. I think it's the way you go about life that can be artistic and playful and creative. You don't necessarily need to make something in the real world. It's just how you engage with it. Yes. And the other 100%. thing that comes up is one of the quotes that I really want to talk about. And it's this quote that if you're succeeding in a job you hate, imagine how good you'd be at a job that you loved. It's this tension between Finding something that is going to pay the bills. You got to be realistic. I hate that word. Yeah. And also, we all have this dream inside of us. And I love that we call it dare to dream because everyone has a dream. I guarantee it. Whether they admit it to themselves or not, you had a dream at one point in your life. Maybe it's been buried down and covered with stuff for years and years. But we all have that dream and we need to dare to actually bring that up to put it on the table, to show it to other people, to say, this is what I want with my life. And this whole piece of, you can succeed at a job you hate, but imagine how good you'd be if you were at a job you loved. Mm -hmm. Now is the time, like, especially for us, we're in our late twenties now, (laughs) mid to late twenties. And this is the perfect time to take risk, to try a bunch of things, to figure out what it is that you really want. And we talk about this all the time. And today I wanted to bring a little bit of the personal side to it and like actually concrete concrete details of how this is showing up in our life. (laughs) We're going to get down to it. So, And I have some trepidation sharing this just because it's personal, but I made $10,000 from coaching in January. I was super excited. It's the most I've ever made from coaching. It was more money than I made at my last job working in finance. And that has been a goal I've been working towards for two and a half, almost three years. That happened in January. A couple of days later in February, I spend $10,000 on coaching. So I immediately take all that money I had. I plow it back into myself, investing in myself, investing in the business. And I'm back to redlining. I'm back to barely squeaking by because that is where I want to be at this stage in my life. Like obviously it'd be nice to make tons and tons of money and be comfortable, but that isn't how I'm going to develop as a coach. That's not how I'm going to develop as a person. I have to be willing to take those risks. And I can't imagine taking that risk. If I had a family, if I had kids, if I had a mortgage, if I had all of these obligations. So I'm so thankful that I'm doing this now so that when I'm 45, when I'm 55, when I'm 65, 105. I've spent the years figuring out what it is that I wanted to do with my life. I found that job that I love so that I'm not only imagining how good I am at that job, I'm actually realizing it and seeing it. And I've been doing it for years and years and years.
1: Mm-hmm. So epic, man. I'm doing a slow clap over here. If you can't, if you're only listening, that is awesome. Both sharing big wins today. And yes, a couple of things I want to share about that. First, I think, is what I'm learning from teaching English in Japan. You know, it's not, I don't want to this forever. Probably don't even want to do it. For over another year. So it'll be like a year and eight months in total. But there's a lot of, like this is the time of life. I think it's like in Mastery or by Robert Greene or something that, or maybe just the final decade where it's, you're not necessarily, I mean, unless you're killing it at a job you do like and you're making money or you just like making money. Nothing necessarily wrong with that at all. But this is the time to be acquiring like life skills and experiences and trying that's why i dare to dream think going back to that it just means trying and i'm not necessarily like i don't go to work every day fired up that this is my job i go because it has given me a life experience and even at the job you hate like i'm still do my best. Obviously, I have my off days, but doing my best to give it everything I have. So like what with whatever experience you're in, treat it, do as good as you possibly can. Like even if it's you're a checkout cashier, you know, give it everything you got. Be the one who people love getting checked out by, <laughs> you know, like with this teaching job. I just do my best, try to make people want to be there try to make people smile I try to make you know get to know the students and like it has been life-changing because if I was just sitting in the back there's so many like jaded teachers that you've been here for like 15 years and I don't know how but there's they like just don't really care anymore they sit in the back and like they wanted the the little annoying stuff that even annoys me but like this is like I'm no better than anybody else I I could be why not me be sitting at the front, like packing tissues to like go hand out on the uh, the crosswalk? Like, that's what I'm doing. And like on multiple occasions, I've had like people been, you know, I've had conversations just by sitting there with like prospective students or I've like smiled at a little kid. And like, that's the reason the parents like decided to join the school. Like you just don't know the impact that you could have from doing your best at a job that even you might not love or might not even like, might not even like. The second thing is there's this, you know, as we go further in life, in theory, you're supposed to keep making more and more money. Like if you are at stay at a job, you're probably going to be making more money. Just with, with age, you're probably making more. Yet, it is a, you lose time. So wealth goes up. But time and health, in theory, and obligations, well, sorry, obligations go up. Time and health, in theory, go down. So, well, time does, but (laughs) you get what I'm saying? That, like, you will be making more money. That is not necessarily the point at a young age. You don't have time to think about these things later in life when things inevitably start to accrue. That kind of start weighing you down. So like, even if you don't know what it is, you just have to be trying things and giving your best when you don't like it, but just continuing.
0: What comes up for me is the way that you build real wealth, wealth that doesn't make you have a midlife crisis, doesn't make you want to kill yourself when you're 55, is finding the thing that you love to do that for you feels like play for other people. It feels like work and doing that over and over again. You don't necessarily make more money just because you get older. You make more money because right. you work at the craft.
1: Yeah. Just it. Like, they're just where <laughs> Money just increases. Yeah. it brings up, sorry to interrupt. Come on in further on that. So another Alex Hermosi quote from modern wisdom, Alex Hermosi, Greg, you probably know more about him than me, but huge entrepreneur that's like makes businesses bigger. I don't know. Just very inspiring guy. <laughs> but he says success comes down to doing the obvious thing for an extraordinary period of time without convincing yourself that you're smarter than you are. And just a takeaway lesson for me is that like with medium, with writing, with this creative life, the obvious thing for me is writing. If that's, if nothing else, like if I continue to write, I have a sincere faith that doors will open that I can't possibly imagine. It's not that I'll, you know, I've said so many times, I get to where I'm meant to go. It's like we're already where we're meant to go, but I think doors will just continue to open that you can't possibly foresee if you continue at the thing. And there's been so many times, obviously, when I've wanted to. I question why am I still doing this doesn't even like is I don't really well here's the thing I don't really care anymore like with with writing online everybody's putting out the perspectives like this is what you need to do to make it as content creator and stuff I'm just like I don't give a shit like if I do make it as a content creator great but it's because I have Continued just to do the thing, which is writing, because every, you know, it's kind of pessimistic view of it. But nobody's really trying to help other people by saying this is the seven things you have to do to make money online. They're trying to get more claps on that article because people will be enticed to read it. That's my theory. <laughs> so like, you just got to do the thing that you know is the most important thing. and Just continue, continue, continue to do it, not because you'll get to some endpoint, but because. Like me, the writing, the story itself is the joy I write because it brings me pleasure and meaning to actually write the article, like not thinking about how it's going to be received or hopefully thinking that I'll like help people. That's the purpose of it, but not that even it's going to be successful.
0: Yeah. And I love Alex Hermosi's take on a lot of things because he's really honest about it that even if you love something, there are going to be times where you want to quit, where you're questioning, why am I doing this? And he has this really powerful quote where he says, this is what hard feels like. This is where most people stop. And this is why most people don't win. It's because they give up at that point. And that little phrase, this is what hard feels like, is such a helpful reminder to shift your perspective, to almost give yourself permission that, yeah, this is hard. Like I was editing one of our past episodes last night and I was like "Ah, I really don't want to do this <laughs> like this is not super fun this is what hard feels like and if you expect it to be hard or you let it be hard it's so much easier you're just like yep this is what hard feels like and he always asks the question and like if someone for example let's use a real example that guy didn't like my mustache mm. and he left a hate comment and yeah whenever something bad happens, just, and like, is it going to stop me? Nope. It's so powerful to almost give yourself permission to just be with that hard moment and recognize that if you want, if this is truly what you want, it's going to be part of the journey.
1: 100%. Yeah. The, you said something before that, like, you know, at those points where I want to stop and I ask myself, why am I doing this in the first place? This is the point where most people quit. And this is why people succeed because they keep going. They hit that bottom part and they say, and, right. I've had so many times where, why am I doing this? Like writing the first draft of the book, it, it wasn't, I didn't do it like 20 minutes every day. I like, had to be done. I tried, but there are a ton of days where I'm like, I just can't do it today. Like I am literally my entire day is fi- like just to build and, but that doesn't mean I haven't stopped the next day. I'm like, okay, I'm going to have 20 minutes. I'm going to try. I'm just going to keep going. And the only thing that matters is you keep going with it. And in that time, it brought me so much joy to like revisit it. And it was hard. Definitely. And this is just the first draft. Like book is by no means done, but getting the clay on the, the old spinner's wheel was a huge accomplishment. And Yeah, it is like I like what you're saying about and what he says about giving yourself the permission for it to suck. Like things that are worth achieving and pursuing in life are not easy. And you know, Greg obviously knows this much more than anybody else, but the time in Japan hasn't been all shinto shrines and daisies. It has it has been you know a lot of difficult moments and difficult seasons and feeling lonely, just questioning why the hell I'm doing it in the first place. What am I going to do next? You know, questioning everything and it's very difficult right now too. But doing these things, doing this, is bringing me out of a slump itself. Like doing the things that light you up in and of themselves are often the most difficult things, but. Often give you the most meaning and joy.
0: No one ever said it was
1: gonna be easy. No one ever said it's gonna be easy.
0: <laughs> That's I want to tell. I want to tell the story that Alex Hermosie tells on the podcast, the Chris Williamson Modern Wisdom podcast, to drive this point home, and then we'll move on to something else. He talks about how he was in a fraternity in college. Both Vinnie and Vinnie and I, surprisingly, were in fraternities, same fraternity in college, same pledge class, same pledge class. That's how we met and found love. That's right day one so he tells this story he was the president of his fraternity and every quarter when they had new people join the house rush the house become pledges about two weeks into the process the pledges would all band together and they would revolt they would demand Maybe. to meet with the president to argue terms to try and change the situation and the way that Alex Hermosi dealt with it was beautiful. It was so powerful. So he would go and meet with all of them. And he'd ask them, did you think this was going to be hard when you got into it? And they would be like, yeah. And then he said, this is what hard feels like. Aligning their expectation of it at the beginning to the current reality was what was so powerful to me. Because up until that point, and we know this, You first meet everyone, they're super nice to you, you're going to all the parties, there's girls, there's just older guys who are cool and friendly and nice to you, and then the moment you become a pledge, everyone pretends like you don't exist, and you're cleaning up after the parties, and it immediately goes from this awesome, fun thing to you are in the shit for 12 weeks or however long it is, and just realizing that you knew it was going to be hard, and this is what hard feels like, I just that hits so hard for me.
1: Mm-hmm. What I think of is just like in our final week, I'm about to ex- ex- about to divulge every secret we have. Don't do so it. It's like, no, I'm not. And like, you just, you take on so much at once. Like you have to like live at the house. Like he talks about that. You have to just do like so many different tasks on top of your schoolwork, on top of staying up all night, on top of like doing all this stuff. And you don't think it's gonna be, you don't think it's humanly possible to do all this stuff. And that's pretty much through the entire process. It's like, I have to, you can't imagine what you actually have to do, but you somehow get through it. And I think that's with like, with any just difficulties, anything that is worth doing. Sometimes when you size it up and you take it, you know, from the just like a big project, like a book, anything. It's like, how the hell am I going to do this? But once you get into the mess, once you start it, you just you you find a way. You find a way to make it happen, and it is what hard feels like. And sometimes, yeah, that is good to allow yourself to be like, this is what it actually does feel like for something to be difficult. And I'm built to make it through. Like it's not going to be easy. It's going to hurt. Might need to cry, but Somehow, some way, I will make it through.
0: That's such a good point. Around, there are so many things in you, so many things in life that you can make it through that seem impossible at first. Like I'm thinking about college right now because we're talking about it. Even living in a triple, I lived in a (laughs) space that was smaller than a prison cell for two people, and we had three people in it. I lived in there for a year, and it was totally fine. If you would have, like, when I think about that now. Like, how the heck did I do that? And then, yeah, hell week in the fraternity. Like if you put that on paper, it seems impossible, but somehow you get it done and it ain't pretty. I fell asleep during one of my midterms. That was not ideal. I called my parents, I think every night, just being like, I don't know if I can do this, but you make it through. And again, there's been so many instances in my life where once I've done the thing that I had previously labeled as impossible, I come back to my life and I'm like, whoa.
1: What else? What
0: else is possible?
1: Seriously. It makes you appreciate doing the difficult things makes you appreciate pretty much the simple things. And what's coming up is like when you're in those difficult times, really the only thing you could do is think about present. Like you got to just take it one step at a time. And that's with like my back journey with eternity stuff. It's like, okay, it's, if I start thinking about the end goal if i start thinking about how this is all gonna work out like it's just an endless downhill spiral but what am i doing right now and I wrote about this a couple nights ago but that the difficult times like the most you know the biggest challenges, the darkness is often like the most beautiful aspects of life like there is so much like beauty is not just what's like clean and perfect and you know effortless it's the dirty grungy difficult stuff in life that makes you see the beauty in everything but also just makes you see that there is beauty in everything like going through something difficult you realize that I mean one of my favorite things I don't know where it comes from but I think it's a Lumineers lyric (laughs) the opposite of love's indifference and pretty much to be able to feel anything at all is life much better lived than to not feel. And if you, you know, you take it upon yourself to go out there and try something, you dare to dream, and you feel what it feels like for something to hurt, you feel what it feels like for something to be hard, at least you're feeling. You're feeling something deeply in life. And that is why we're here. We're not here just to coast and just to, things to be reasonably comfortable. Not that bad, but not that good, and that's just apathy. We're here to feel the highs and the lows and embrace them both.
0: Amen to that. I love that. That's good. <laughs> that was it. Is there anything else we want to say? I don't think so.
1: Yeah, meet new people, do cool things. If you're doing that, if you're trying, it's life well lived.
0: You were trying. You don't even have to be doing. You don't even have to be getting it right get out there and try. And right. don't be afraid to, I, I have one more thing I want to say. It's one more quote, Alex Formosi, shame only exists in the shadows. This one really hit home because when it is hard, if you keep all that inside, if you don't tell anyone about it, if you try and carry the weight of the world of the task you're up against by yourself, it's really heavy, really heavy. And if you bring this thing that you're shameful about, maybe it's that you haven't started yet. Maybe it's, you feel like you're behind. Maybe it's, you feel like you aren't good enough. If You bring that out into the light. It isn't that scary anymore because you start to realize that other people feel the same way too. I've started to open up about feeling like I will never do enough or be enough. And the more I talk about that with other people, the less shameful it gets for me. Mm-hmm. It removes all of the scariness. It's like, yeah, it's this thing that exists. I'm not Entirely sure why it's there, but man, is it a good fuel source? Like, does it allow me to get stuff done? Mm. So it's bringing it out of the shadows and into the light is really helpful when you are trying these new things, when you are going up
1: against these scary challenges. Definitely, and he talks about it's when you there's usually like a person or there is a single source behind that fear and that shame. Like, talks about so why are you afraid to start this thing? It's because I'm afraid to disappoint people. Like for disappoint people or is it a single person? Well, I don't want to disappoint Uncle Harry. Like he he doesn't expect me to leave town and stop being a you know a carpenter with him or something. Potato farmer. A potato. <laughs> it's like so you're not you're gonna live your entire life feeling shame for leaving your hometown because Uncle Harry, you know, makes you feel bad every time you talk about it. And once you label it, once you bring it out of the shadow and say. No, I don't think I'm gonna do that. I don't think I'm gonna live my life in fear because my mom doesn't want me to leave or something. It's you realize that there's this one small aspect of life. And if it's if it is a person, they'll get over it. It is it's not your problem to live in shame because pretty much don't let the world ray your edges. You got to shine. You got to try.
0: Yep, that's it. That's it. Don't let Uncle Harry
1: Harry fray your edges.
0: (laughs) Damn it, Uncle Harry.
1: Oh, man. He's probably got a mustache just like yours.
0: Probably. It's probably really
1: creepy. (laughs) Really creepy. Yes.
0: That's all I have to say on the matter today. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in with us today. We love you guys so much. We're so grateful for your support and if you want to support us even more go on to whatever podcast streaming system you're listening to this on apple music spotify give us a rating
1: throw us a few stars at least three come on give us a little comment greg's mustache is creeping me out but these guys are good yes and uh, check us out on the old instagram greg's putting together a highlight that'll be up any day now
0: (laughs) (laughs) any day now yeah we get right on that
1: all right everyone Uh, okay
0: Thanks, guys.